Oliver Stone voting for Joe Biden is like Oliver Stone voting for Marilyn Monroe's pharmacist. <laughs> Oliver Stone voting for Joe Biden is like Oliver Stone voting for electroshock therapy for his unknown offspring that came from Selma Hayek during her prime pumping years. Oliver Stone voting for Joe Biden is like Edward Snowden voting for the Bush that Trump demolished with the simple line, Jeb knows dick. <laughs> Oliver Stone voting for Joe Biden is like Sean Penn voting for Dick Cheney to be the new head of the NRA. Oliver Stone voting for Joe Biden is like Michael Douglas voting for Joe Biden to be president. Wait a minute. He already did that because he's another fucking disgrace to the race like the rest. Holla! We're not caring about giving you scripted entertainment. That's already perfectly polished. I think that worked. Holla! Do it all, Daddy, your podcast. Thank you very much. Yep. Blew out that voice yesterday on the Peloton. I have a great new nickname for my son. We're listening to Rocky Four. I'm on the Peloton and I'm doing this new arm weight exercise that I invented where I suspend the weights and I hold them for a decent amount of time. And then I do like a reverse quad extension and at one point my son yells who's six he yells there is no tomorrow there is no tomorrow there is no tomorrow and i said mini mick holla mini mick lives who this morning i'm doing whenever i get my second shot of espresso i start doing my push-ups and then he was my spotter where he would like cup his arm beneath me and like, help lift me up a little bit. And then afterwards, of course, after I completed my, you know, stand at 32, by the time the espresso pod's done, I yell, Mini Mick, holla! Mini Mick lives, holla! Dinosaurs like this can cause a variety of damage, holla! My voice now, blown out, perfectly lends itself to Mini Mick lives, holla! We need speed rock! What are you waiting around for? Ha ah, ha Mini Mick lives. Which also works because according to my wife, my son, Samuel Chosen Curls, is bound to woo, looks like my uh, brother-in-law, uh, which I think is a little bit of a stretch. But I've always said that if my son continues to not grow at the accelerated rate that his brother and sister have, that I will forever blame my mother-in-law's Dumpy troll Ukrainian side for 
stunting his growth long term. So many Mick works in that level too. And if we're going to be a real prick, my brother-in-law did make disparaging comments about the horror dance, like whatever that horror shit was. So if you're going to say that, then I'm going to have this nickname stick, Mini Mick, which is an Irish derogatory term. I don't know what it means. I'm not comparing it to the K-bomb, that being kike, but you get the gist. Mini Mick lives. Holla! Thank you, Lord, for an A-plus nickname. That'll be nice inside baseball, similar to my dish called Sloppy Second Joe's. Holla! It's a Sloppy Joe using Coach Terry and Turkey Meat, and it's fucking phenomenal. Sloppy Second Joe's. Holla! Mini Mick lives. Holla! Obama. How's that hand feeling? How's that legacy feeling? How's that entire uh, Bakun existence feeling at Martha's Vineyard? How do you explain the bandages, the bruised lips, the bruises, your personal chef that just dies out of the fucking blue? How do you explain that exactly? Did he was the uh, the batch of uh, tuna tartare uh, too rare for your taste? Did Michelle catch you yelling, "You do this better than Mike"? Holla! Mini Mick lives. Thank you very much. Huh. So, I went to a hotel not too long ago called the Hotel Dillon. It's in uh, Woodstock, New York. And, you know, I started getting my three books in order then. So I felt like a real writer where I could afford <laughs> to pay for a hotel room for a couple of nights. And... And I could edit my books like a Ray Bradbury on the rise. <laughs> and I just wanted to do like a shout out uh, because I was organizing United We Laugh and Goshen Comedians. I was also doing some final review of Waste of Height Really Short Stories. And uh, I just posted uh, my first official review for that story, for the collection of stories uh, that I've worked on on and off for like three years. And uh, it was an amazing feeling. And I can't wait to eventually get the book out there. And I have this new vision for United We Laugh, which is, I'm not going to say it doesn't need to be as big as a Torah scroll, <laughs> but I want it to be this like scrolling book. So just think of a like giant coffee book, but like a tad lighter <laughs> that you could even like bring to the beach <laughs> and make it like sandproof, <laughs> waterproof. I don't know how we do this, but I wrote collectors out. I've had this vision. Went to a beach for the first time in like a gazillion years in Connecticut called Campo Beach in Westport. And I had this vision of everyone reading my book, United We Laugh, and everyone laughing. <laughs> and I was thinking it'd be a great scene in a movie. We give this montage of beaches like all across the globe. So it would be representative of truly being a worldwide seller sensation. And everyone's just cracking up in unison. So that's a beautiful image. So United We Laugh, I prove it every day. Holla! So I want to make that happen. They say, if you want to sell something that everyone would want to own, and I would want to own that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like a modern day, like mini portable freaking horror type scroll says, you gotta be laugh. I'm picturing, you know, like gold, you know, mustard, yellowish, you know, glittery hues, and that would be freaking phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, you know, people could, uh, you know, put cocaine on, on the top. I, I'm not against it. Ritalin, you want, you want that to be your, your weed rolling tray? I don't care, but. Now, personally, I think, you know what, that's a little bit too nice, a little bit too special, so I think we'll find another book for that. Thank you very much. Holla! So, 
I mentioned this because I hadn't thought of the Hotel Dillon in a while. And when I was there, you know, they, they, they had Wi-Fi, which was nice. So it made me think of doing something more with this bit than I did up there. And this is called Country Home Cracks. Wi-Fi password options for Hotel Dillon and Woodstock. Baez breaks winds. Holla! Baby boomer arrogance never dies. Holla! Hendrix jerked off Dillon too. Long-winded Jews rule. Michael Douglas excluded. Holla! Janis Joplin. Michael Douglas, I sent him the Great American Jew novel and to get him excited about reading the Koshan Comedians, but you don't get any more. You're off the list. Holla! Fake news. Do good juror like the rest. Thank you very much. We're back to Country Home Cracks. Janis Joplin drank David Crosby under the wooden table. David Crosby's liver is a lightweight Bitch, country home cracks. Holla! Janus lives. Get her while you can. Thank you very much. Vomiting. Gold. The NBA. No longer test for weed because according to Kevin Durant, voice of the millennial Mouseketeer generation who orchestrated his trade to Brooklyn to assert more control over his social media narrative says everyone does it. White nationalist Jokic excluded. <laughs> who cares if Jokic reduced LeBron's legacy to rubble? Who cares if he smashed Steph Curry's chipmunk chucker nuts into smithereens? <laughs> Weed is like, why now? Pipe cleaner arm, Durant says to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, otherwise known as CCP sucker. Tucker wannabe. <laughs> NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has a hard time not spitting out his ball gag made in Wuhan. Wuhan. Weed is almost like why now? Are you a brand evangelist for Robert Mondavi now, Kevin? Can I bank on you attending Tom Chambers' new wine bar opening in Scottsdale, Arizona? Here's our ice wines from the Finger Lakes all summer long. Tom Chambers scored more than 20,000 career points and conquered white man's disease. Before he bloomed under his fruit of the looms, but he's still not in the Basketball Hall of Fame. White privilege, my ass. Care to comment on Snoop Dogg's 2020 Merlot? Durant, Robert Parker, the white advocate, describes it as ashy mouthwashed. Used in pornhood hell. <laughs> Weed is almost like wine now. Yeah, I'm burnt out on NBA has-beens whining about the Serbians' nationalists. Ascent into MVP royalty, too. Joker's vertical jump is wider than white man's disease. Whoop the freaking do. Larry Bird beat, beat Magic. Larry Bird beat Magic in the finals with a broken back. I just got Alexa reprogrammed to sound like AI Wilt. AI Wilt, could Jokic get away with shooting rainbow jumpers over you, too? AI Wilt says, aren't you more interested in how many... Triple orgasms I averaged after making a pretty wager with Jim Brown after he split Raquel Welch in two, like a twister tearing through 
the Kansas wheat farm in cold blood? What? I can plug Penguin Classics through Wilt AI too. I couldn't fuck them all to sleep. Mini Mick. Holla! AI Wilt destroys your lackluster libido. One bombshell trim rehash at a time. Good times live. Holla! AI Wilt lives. Holla! Thank you very much. But you know, the NBA is high as a kite when players wave around guns at strip clubs. Like they just don't care, thinking they're getting higher will advance the cause of dog lives mattering most. Understand, I'm for weed over beer. Lately, my year without beer, especially over the past four months, lately, after my year without beer, all beer does for me is make me sleepy, farty, slurry, munchy, messy, sketchy, and sorry. Which has inspired me to write a grown-up fairy tale called Seven Drunk Dwarf Dads. <laughs> Logline. A guilt-ridden New Age bartender. It's called Mini Mick. Holla! A guilt-ridden New Age bartender. Mini Mick. Holla! Into sneaky charity work. Shook seven drunk dwarf dads into attending a seminar for stay-at-home hipster hack dads in Brooklyn. Taught by Peter Dinklage's cousin called Do Dick Dads. The motivational speaker, otherwise known as the Hophead Chapter Closer. Nickname shames these seven drunk dwarf dads like a mini Trump in tight jeans, but also inspires them to do more than with their lives than waste the remaining pounding years on empty filler, like overpriced four packs of IPAs, because beer bellies give self-love a bad name. Vomiting gold. Holla! Mini Mick lives. Thank you! Very much. Immaturity. Purity. Have you ever ordered a mock cocktail and regretted it immediately? Bartender asked, how do you like it? I replied, this mocktail isn't making me feel better about myself. It's too limey for my taste. If I wanted more limey in my life, I'd become friends with my mother-in-law on Facebook instead of calling her an unhuggable cunt who might do it all day to your podcast. At nauseum, which you can't take back. <laughs> like... The Dalai Lama paying off his placenta smoothie bar tab at Hillary Hammertime Kankle's place. That was glass bar only. Or Chelsea's marriage in the woods full of ditches if her fiancé decided to increase his asking price at the last sec. Dalai Lama says, Bidenomics, my ass. I can't charge Richard Gear what I used to for my rodent removal advisory services. Gerbil jokes live. Holla! Mini Mick in the motherfucking house. Thank you very much. I call my mother-in-law an unhuggable seaward because she forced Eucharist on my Jew blood tainted children behind my back at a Ukrainian church that gives shout-outs to Zelensky despite his Jewish tainted blood. At the same time, Zelensky had his kids baptized. So calling Zelensky Jewish is like calling Jihadi John Jewish. Despite his porno submission to Vivid Entertainment, moderate Muslim muff, the slimeball Jewish porn producer for an exploding pink butt plug from Mattel. Mattel lives. Allah! Do it all, Dad, your podcast. Thank you very much. Jesus says, whoever eats me will have eternal life. Well, I'll risk entering a hellhole damned afterlife 
for telling my mother-in-law to bite me in this instance, for raping my kids with the spirit of Jesus Christ <laughs> against their free will. Although this would make an interesting bat mitzvah antidote. My fugly free feminist daughter says, Jewish girls are like nuns. Our religious superiors give us no respect. Orthodox synagogues prohibit women from touching the Torah scrolls, let alone reading them in front of the congregation. What are older than Yiddish Orthodox Jewish men so afraid of? The second coming of Amy Winehouse, singing Hebrew better than them, or Fran Drescher's colorist, chucking modesty out the window when she goes off script during mid-prayer. 80% of the laws in Deuteronomy pertain to boys, so why should we feel like equal partners in love? Allah! There are 613 laws of God, and almost everyone addresses light in the loafer drama majors. Don't make out with your sister, dress as gentle, and fight the urge to paint your blowjob ready lips with mom's lipstick. That's it. My customers always tell me I'm a way funnier version of Fran Drescher's nanny too. <laughs> My daughter's speech descends into the bowels of shit-stirring hell when she adds, I don't think the Queen of Sheba would remain hush about being prohibited from touching a Torah scroll in the great temple that Solomon built. Solomon said, God hooked me up with wisdom, Sheba. Then again, so does this killer sativa strain of burning leaf lust. So come to think of it, shave your legs on the bima to show off your God-given legs. Hurting for more mounting over the hills and far away, Zeppelin lives. So we don't wake up my mother-in-law again when she gets a realtor license, she's out of here. And to close the speech, my daughter, it's technically speaking, a bat mitzvah is supposed to coincide with the time you hit puberty. So I'm ahead of schedule, actually. As long as my dad insists on doing jokes about my barely budding breast buds on his Do It All Dead Year podcast, relegating them to mere nipple dots alone. But if I ever catch up to mommy, I won't be weighed down by busty beauties like Jennifer Tilly. Queen of Sheba shaves her legs on stage during her bar mitzvah and says, Solomon, you sexy thing. I'm only doing this so God sees you're not a child-marrying pedophile. Do I need to name names? Do I need to bear everything? On stage, isn't that why God gives us a Pamela Geller for? Pamela Geller lives. Voila! Do I need to name names? Do I need to bear everything? Isn't that why God gives us Pamela Geller for? Voila! Pamela Geller lives. Voila! She's written a lot of literature about the crazy um, Muslim extremists. Thank you! Had fatwas issued on her head. Very much! The Talmud argues that at 12 or 13, you should be responsible for all your own actions. But couldn't my father chips on curbs, blame his putty DNA for failing to parallel park twice in a row at 15? Today, it's hard to block out the memory of getting Eucharist in my grandma's church once. I'm all for eternal life, but shouldn't I be judged by my actions first? My dad judges podcaster Emma Chamberlain for doing her podcast in bed, bemoaning. Does she have long COVID or what? But no offense, Lord. Screw daddy. In this instance, when daddy has his own line of coffee and owns coffee plantations in Hawaii next to Roseanne, his spiritual uh, aunt cousin <laughs> fantasy come to life, I'll care more about his super catty flipping bitchiness about my new age healer. About my new age healer, Emma motherfucking Chamberlain. She lives way up high in those Hollywood hills, which is heavenly enough for me. Regardless of L.A. morphing into a never-ending sprawl of 
10 cities sponsored by REI, Emma Chamberlain Lives, Mini Mick, Forevermore, Best Hardcore Hunger Trainer, an aspiring doodle that I can ask for. Holla! Thank you, everyone, on this podcast for making Waste of Height really short stories possible. Again, the review was a major heady rush, and I want to do it again with the Coach Comedians and United We Laugh. So, uh, the best is yet to come. Holla! And thanks for being the best open mic universe of all time. Mini Mick. Thank you! Very much.